Guess who's back, back again? It's Jake and Kaz. Tell your friends. With the season finally here, we'll give you an in-depth Jets season preview and make our predictions for how Robert Sala's squad will finish. Gang Green opens their 2021 season down in Charlotte against old friends Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson when they take on the Panthers. Can rookie QB Zach Wilson lead the Jets to a road win in his first career NFL game? Jets radio voice Bob Wischusen will join us to answer that question, preview week one and the season. So come on down and join us for a Jets season preview edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to the Gangs All Here podcast, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. We're back. Season three of the show. Season two that I'm here back in the saddle with Jets beat writer Brian Costello. I'm Jake Brown. Jake Brown Radio. Brian Cos is where you can find us on Twitter. Subscribe right now to the show wherever you get podcasts. Just search Gangs All Here. That's on Apple. You could give us a five-star rating, write a nice review, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you find podcasts. We are there, nypost.com. Read Kaz's coverage of the Jets in the post and nypost.com. Post Plus coming soon. Kaz, it's good to be back. It's been a long road since May. We've been away. It's now September 8th when people hear this Wednesday. The Jets open the season Sunday. How was your long road your long off season my off season was good jake but more importantly i've been waiting since may to find out how was hot boy summer because i think we left the cliffhanger in may I was a little worried with the delta variant could that mess up hot boy summer how was it hot boy summer was in full force cause you know lots of fun was had you know tons of i think i've been to 45 met games this year that's not fun um, jake but, yeah no i mean it was fun up until july the last yeah. august was literally the dog days of summer the mets just pooped the bed i mean from going from first to third place you can hear that on the amazing but true yeah. podcast with me and nelson figueroa but um and by the way if you're listening to this friday we're doing a live show a catch a story a 9-11 fundraiser cause if you're around jeff nelson will be there as well so all proceeds are going to families of 9-11 nice. and first responders as we look back 20 years later to that tragic day but yeah lots of mets games lots of food i spent way too much money way more money than i even have this summer but hot boy summer was fun uh, met some ladies over the summer, went out, and uh, looking forward to uh, Hot Boy Fall, I guess. Did you, you went to Hawaii for 10 days, yeah. climbed volcanoes with the family, so you know, Cosboy summer wasn't too bad. No, 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 it feels like about 10 years ago at this point after Jets training camp, but yeah, in July, went to Hawaii. It was great. We did two islands. We did Maui. We did Oahu. Um was awesome. I highly recommend Hawaii. It's hard to screw up Hawaii, Jake. You know, you just you go, you go and do whatever you want there. <laughs> it all works out. It's hard. It's a hard vacation to mess up. It's the weather's perfect every single day. You know, I think that being a weatherman over there must be pretty easy because it's just beautiful every day. But yeah, now we're uh, we're back to football, Jake. Yeah, and you know, there's no Revis Island when it comes to the. You didn't re, you didn't visit Revis Island. The Jets don't have a Revis Island. And why don't we just start there before Bob was choosing. Jets radio voice will join us later in the show to preview the season. Our predictions are coming up for week one against the Panthers and our overall record predictions. But before we get Zach Wilson coaching, all that, the Jets' big concern, let's start with the negative here before we go into some positives, is cornerback. And a lot of young cornerbacks, Kaz, in this team, guys no one's heard of, 
Bryce Hall's going to have to really big, you know, there's the TikTok star Bryce Hall, and then there's the number one cornerback, Jets uh, Bryce Hall, and a lot of no-names, E. Coles and Austin and all these guys around him. Are you concerned? Is this defense, is this secondary going to get beat up by a lot of elite receivers? Uh, well, I think Jake, I think it's obviously the biggest hole on the team. You know, Joe Douglas couldn't fix everything this offseason, and cornerback's the one he didn't fix. You know, they surprisingly cut less Austin last week. Uh, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. So, uh, you know, he was 25 and they said, well, we wanted to go younger at cornerback, which made me laugh that a 25 year old is now old. So Bryce Hall's the oldest, you know, the most experienced guy at cornerback, not including Justin Hardy, who's more of a special teams player. Jake, the one thing I think, you know, people need to consider, and you mentioned post sports plus before I just, I'm working on my newsletter for that, for the debut of that. And something I looked at is the Jets don't play a lot of really good quarterbacks this season. And, you know, when I went down the list, I think there's four games where they play quarterbacks who I would consider the top tier. And I go Ryan Tannehill, who I think has earned that right now, that, that status. Josh Allen, who they play twice. And then they got the GOAT in, in week 17. Uh, it's confusing with 18 weeks, but Tom Brady comes to town. So those four guys, you know, they're going to have some success against this Jets defense and against these cornerbacks. The rest of the group, does Matt Ryan scare you? Does Joe Burrow scare you? Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Tua, Tago Aloha, like, you know, Jalen Hurts. Did, did any of these guys scare you that much, Jake? So I think it's, it's going to be a problem but i may not be quite as catastrophic as we're all making it out to be because of who they're playing this year yeah and i'm excited to see lamarcus joiner a veteran safety along with marcus may two guys that could back those guys up so maybe they play a huge role for that jets defense carl lawson i mean it doesn't get a bigger blow than that when you talk about the jets defense but listen cj mosley is back this year and this was a guy that they paid a lot of money he can now be the anchor of this defense and I know he's a year away and, you know, maybe he's rusty, a little bit older, but his role is so important. They go out and get the other loss and uh, to replace a loss, and he's going to be a depth guy. But Sheldon Rankins, C.J. Mosley, two huge parts of this defense, pretty decent defensive line with Huff and Quinton Williams, another year under his belt, and a you know, friend of the program, Foley Fadukasi, John Franklin Myers. That front seven isn't terrible. They're going to cause some problems. Robert Sala is a defensive coach. You know they're going to be scheming it up with the best of them. So I think there are some things on this defense, cause that'll make up for the young cornerbacks that Jets fans should smile about a little bit. Yeah, I think they could be good against the run, Jake. You know, Quinn Williams, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers. I think those guys will be good up front against the run. Questionable on the pass rush. And I think linebacker is something we're not talking about much, Jake. C.J. Mosley's back, and you're right. C.J. Mosley's made $29 million from the Jets, Jake, to play two games. <laughs> these years. Good so, life, right? Yeah, Pretty yeah. Nice life. So it's time to hard him to start earning that money. And um he looks good. He's 230 pounds. He's lost a lot of weight. He's flying around. Um, but next to him is a little scary because you know, Jared Davis, another guy, got injured in Green Bay. He's gonna be gone until the after the bye week at least, which is mid-October. So they're kind of, you know, Jamie and Sherwood has been playing a lot, a rookie from Auburn who was a safety, now moving to linebacker. I think Blake Cashman who's a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy for the Jets. He could be, you know, have a role there. Uh, Hamza, Nazareth Dean, another rookie, could have a role at linebacker, but a little scary there. This is a very, very, very young team, as Robert Salas said, ridiculously young a few weeks ago. And I think that's really apparent when you look at linebacker and cornerback right now, Jake. And don't forget Quinn Williams, brother, Quincy. Is right behind him as a, yeah. as a depth linebacker, a little yeah. brotherly love right behind each other. Yeah, and I don't know how Quincy fits in. I mean, he could he could end up getting that job. I mean, he just got here, so 
I don't think it'll be week one, but at some point he could end up being, you know, a factor there. All right. If the Jets are going to win multiple games, and we think they will win more than two, bet bet the mortgage on the Jets winning more than two games. Bold prediction of of the Gangs All Here podcast. It's going to come down to this offense. And Zach Wilson got all the hype in the world during training camp, during the preseason, looked good in Green Bay, found Tyler Croft for two touchdowns in the red zone. A lot of hype around him. Tony Romo says he could be in the Mahomes discussion. Other guys say pipe it down, quiet down, wait till he plays some regular season games. Romo says he could be in the top five QBs in the NFL in a couple of years. Everything seems there. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. He's got the baby face to get the keys to New York. Give us your overall feel on Zach Wilson and this Jets offense. He's got all the targets in the world in his rookie year to have success. Now it seems like it's on him, but the hype the hype is real, Kaz. The billboards are out. The hype is real around this kid to lead the Jets franchise right now. Yeah, and the targets are better, Jake. Let's let's not make it out, though, that he's walking into this Kansas City Chiefs right now, right? Oh, like, no. Corey Davis is a good receiver. Elijah Moore is good. But, like, you know, this isn't the greatest show on turf right now. Here's what I'd say, Jake. I think he's passed every test that they put in front of him this summer. Does that mean he's going to be Patrick Mahomes this year, like Tony Romo is you know, predicting for him? I, I'm not going to go that far. But you had to like what you saw from him in training camp, in the preseason games. Now, he didn't face a starting defense in the preseason games, but he did what he was supposed to do against backups. Uh, he had success, and I think they were very happy with what they saw. And all they rave about Jake is how this guy is behind the scenes, how he breaks down film, how he asks questions, uh, just the way he handles himself. Uh, I was impressed there was a point, you know, it's a while ago now, probably almost a month ago, where he had a really bad practice at the stadium. It was the green and white practice at the stadium. He threw two interceptions. He got a couple rough days, and all of a sudden, you could start to feel the angst building in the city, you know, about Zach Wilson. And he, you know, he was fine. He says, it's practice. I'm supposed to make mistakes in practice. Like, I'm trying stuff. And, like, he just got a kind of good demeanor about himself. And I know there were some things when he got drafted about, oh, how's a kid from Utah going to handle New York City? But, Jake, the BYU quarterback is a big deal in Utah. Like, BYU has its own TV station. <laughs> so, like, they, that guy's covered pretty heavily, um, and he has not seemed phased by that at all. I also think the world is smaller now with all the way uh, social media and everything. So I think Zach Wilson has been used to being picked apart, and I, th- I thought he, he just showed a lot of maturity for a 22-year-old in training camp. And, you know, I think Jets fans should be excited. I think they have every right to be excited about this guy from everything he's shown so far. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, he's a fresh face. We'll see the old face on Sunday and Sam Darnold who saw Ghost and gave me a lot of headaches last season on this podcast. I'm hoping I won't have to rant and rave as much as I've been doing on Amazing But True with Edwin Diaz. I'm hoping Zach Wilson of the offense makes these games competitive, Cause You know, last year's games were unwatchable. You would not question any Jets fan who shut them off at halftime. You hope this team is in games in the fourth quarter, and Zach Wilson at least has some meaningful two-minute drives, or he has some meaningful fourth-quarter drives in tie games, down seven, down ten, where he can get this team back in the game. And, yeah, he doesn't have an all-world receivers, but I like the receiving core. Corey Davis, crowd in the slot. Elijah Moore, as, as you've talked about, has lit it up until he got hurt a little bit in training camp and preseason. He can do it all. Keelan Cole is a good option. Denzel Mims, um, we'll see what he does in his second year. Missed some time with injuries last year. Uh, and then tight end, the question, they traded Chris Herndon. They got a fourth-round pick. I don't think you could be that mad at it. Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft, we'll see a combo of them. Griffin, a couple years ago, he was good. He, he earned that contract extension. 
did nothing last year. It's a new year. Tyler Croft can be a red zone option. And then in backfield, we're going to see, it seems like, cause all four of these guys, some versatility there with Coleman, P. Ryan, Johnson, and Carter with speed, power, receiving backs. I'm curious to see how they work those four. What do they mix and match? Does one guy lead the pack? But I like the versatility when it comes to a rookie, a vet, a second-year guy, a, a journeyman kind of, and Ty Johnson. They got a mix of four different kind of backs. Yeah, and I think you'll see a lot of Tevin Coleman early, Jake. Uh, it's definitely going to be a committee. You look at what San Francisco did out there with all their guys. Raheem Mostert kind of you know emerged there. So if someone emerges here, they'll go with him. Tevin Coleman's an older guy. They trust him. They had him in San Francisco. So I think he'll get the first crack at, at maybe being the lead back. Uh, Ty Johnson's a really interesting guy to me, Jake. If you remember, he had the 100-yard game against the Raiders last year after Frank Gore got hurt early. It really fast. I just like to see him get a chance. He really just didn't get any chances last year other than that Raiders game. So curious to see him. And then Michael Carter is really explosive, the rookie from North Carolina. Uh, you know, he was going through uh, something last week with the, he was having some tightness in his legs, but I think he'll be, he'll be fine. He's a guy, it w- wouldn't shock me, Jake, to see him coming out of the backfield, catching passes, making big plays that way. Uh, I think he could have a really big impact on this offense that way. And Zach Wilson's success will come off this offensive line. LaFleur called him out a couple of weeks ago, Kaz, and, you know, turned some heads. I know you guys were probably like, whoa. Uh, he just, you know, tore apart his offensive line. On paper, it's not terrible, but in training camp, they weren't the greatest. Where are you on this offensive line, and do you see a right tackle, one of Fan or Moses taking that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of similar to what I said with the cornerbacks, Jake. I think when they face elite defensive lines, they're in trouble. You know, the Packers ate their lunch in Green Bay during those joint practices. The Eagles beat them up in the joint practices with Philadelphia, but those are two good defensive lines. Green Bay didn't even have Zadarius Smith when they were out there, but Preston Smith's really good. And Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham did some damage for Philadelphia. So when they play, you know, Denver in week three and you have Chubb and Von Miller, I, that would worry me. But the run blocking was pretty good in camp. I just think the pass blocking is a concern. Uh, they've kept it close to the vest that they're doing at right tackle. I think it's going to be Morgan Moses, Jake, but I'm not 100% sure. There has been a true rotation there. I didn't think there was going to be. I thought when they signed Moses in June, it was his job. But they've been uh, they've been committed to to both guys getting reps. Um, so we'll you know we'll see who runs out of the tunnel on Sunday uh, with the starting lineup. Yeah, Beckton, Elijah Vera, Tucker, Connor McGovern, Greg Van Rowan, and one of Fan or Moses, and Chuma Idoga and Dan Feeney out there as backups. So they have a couple of decent options off the bench. All right, lastly, special teams. Won't dive too much into this. Braden Mann was the jersey of the year, you know, the, the face of the Jets last season, which showed you how bad that team was, that the punter was the most talked about. Matt Amendola comes in. Your thoughts quickly here on the Jets special teams. A, a new kicker, and we've had an adventure at kicker as the Jets from Vedvix and, and the Fickens of the world. Hopefully this kid Amendola could uh, look like Pro Bowl Jason Myers, and we won't have an adventure in week five, need a new kicker. Yeah, Jake, Jets kickers and Mets closers give you agita, I know. Um, he uh, Evandola came in early in camp, has a big leg, Jake. They, they were kind of trying to work on his accuracy. He was a guy who I think they trusted from 50. They didn't trust from 30 at first, but he had a good camp, worked through it, uh, got better, and they decided to stick with him at kicker. You know, the funny thing about Braden Mann, Jake, is – he kind of has a footnote in Jets history now, right? He had a tackle, right? The Rams, right? So the big game against the Rams, which the Jets was the first win, he tackled the guy on the punt return. And and if he didn't make that tackle, and Trevor Lawrence is probably your quarterback. <laughs> 
Now I know everyone the good, loves- the bad, the ugly of Braden Man. Yes, yes. Now maybe everyone will love Zach Wilson. It'll be better than Trevor Lawrence, but Braden Man has an interesting footnote in Jets history right now. Yeah, well, we'll see. Hopefully, we won't have to see as much of him this year as last year. Hopefully, this offense can score. And they start Week One with the Panthers down in Carolina, down in Charlotte. Uh, three of my four other family members live down there. Now I will not be making a trip to bow time. The Mets play the Yankees. So I have some friends going. I'm very frustrated. I can't make it. I wish this game was any other week, but Mets Yankees or during the Mets season, but you will be making the trip down to Charlotte. You will be getting some fixins. And when I lived in North Carolina for a year, they, they said, you get two fixins. I'm like, what are you fixing me? They're like, Oh, those are, those are like mashed potatoes fry. I'm like, Oh, side orders. Okay. Well, the Jets have a fixin' of a side order of Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. They get to face on Sunday. The Panthers are five-and-a-half-point favorites right now as we speak. Darnold may know some things about the Jets' defense. It's a new-look defense, a lot of new guys on defense, so not much he he can know. Yeah, (laughs) he can't know too much about these guys, but break this uh, week one game down in Charlotte for us. What's your prediction and what's your score? I think it's a tough spot for the Jets, Jay. Rookie quarterback making his debut. They have a ton of new pieces on this team. I, I looked at it before, Jake, and comparing week one of last year, to who I think will be the starting lineup this year. And there's a few question marks like we talked about at right tackle. I think they could have eight new starters on offense and nine new starters on defense, Jake, going into this season. That's a lot of turnover. They've got a lot of, lot of coaches who are doing their jobs for the first time. Two first-time play callers, first-time head coach, five first-time position coaches. That's a lot of first-timers. And so um, I don't think the Panthers are great. Jake, but I think they're better than the Jets. And I think Christian, healthy Christian McCaffrey is going to cause problems. Robbie Anderson is going to cause problems. Sam Darnold's probably going to have better statistics than his play, Jake, because of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so I, I think I'll take the Panthers in this game. And I would take them to cover. I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think the Panthers will win by 10, maybe somewhere around there. All right. I'm excited. You know, we can talk about Salah, but first year coach, see his exuberance. Hopefully he has reason to clap, reason to be excited. A new face, a fresh face, you know, a guy that is well-respected around the league has been talked about so highly. I'm excited to see him out there in a game because preseason to me, I hate the damn preseason. Like, if they cut all preseason games and just made them joint practices, I'd be fine with it. No one shows up to them anyway. There's seven people in the building at MetLife Stadium. You know, people said, hey, you want to go? I turned down game. I have no interest in going to preseason. So real football is here, and I'm excited for that. And I'm so excited. That I'm crazy enough to pick the New York Jets down in my other home, Charlotte, on Sunday. I think the Jets win 23-20. Zach Wilson has a very good game. You get Matt Amendola, the kid, winning the game for the Jets with a late field goal. 23-20, Jets cover and win, and it hits the under. The over-under is 45. I'm not going to be able to pick the Jets much this season. You look through the schedule. Panthers, Patriots, Broncos, Titans, Falcons, by Pats, Bengals, Colts. Bills, Dolphins, Texans, Eagles, Saints, Dolphins, Jaguars, Bucks, Bills. And I tell you that schedule, I'm picking the Jets week one. I give you that schedule because now, guys, I want your overall record. 17 games, hate the odd season. Even when I have the volume on in the car, I put it on an even number. So the 17 thing throws me off. And when you predict the records, you know, I'm used to 6 and 10, 5 and 11, 17 games. I freaking hate it. But, you know, it's it's the cash cow NFL. They're going to get their money in the extra game. Might see yeah. more injuries too, cause with an extra game, an extra week. We'll see how that plays out. And if this 17 game season stays for the long haul, 
But what's your prediction for the Jets record? Don't worry, Jake. The NFL will figure out how to get 18 games soon. It'll be even. Uh, I am going to go 5-12, and 12, Jake. I think it could be a rough start to the year for the Jets. Uh, those first six games, I'm not, you know, I think the Panthers game might be their best shot at a win in those first six. Uh, then I think they beat the Bengals. I think they'll... Uh, I think they'll get one against the Dolphins. I think they'll beat the Texans, the Jaguars, and then one shocker. Um, maybe they beat the Saints, someone that you don't see coming, something like that, maybe the Colts. So I go 5-12, and 12, Jake. That's where I am uh, with the Jets record for 2021. I'm going to take 6-11. and 11. I, My first projection, I had them at 7-10, and 10, but I, I said that's kind of generous for a team that just won two games. I think their ceiling is probably eight wins, and uh, the bottom of the barrel is four everything everyone healthy wilson lights it up maybe they win nine i'm gonna say six i I say their wins are versus the panthers falcons Bengals, texans eagles jaguars as their six wins and if they were to win seven maybe they win one of those games against the dolphins so six and eleven for the jets because i think the bills win the division and i assume you would agree with that yeah i agree with that yeah the bills are the class of the division do you have a super bowl prediction i do jake i had to make one for our preview section i'm i'm going not chalk here on one end chalk on the nfc i i'm going to go steelers over buccaneers in the super bowl i know a lot of people are counting the Steelers out, but I believe in Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. I believe in TJ Watt. I think they'll figure figure things out there. I haven't thought too much about it, but I'm going to go Chiefs Rams. I know that's a pretty popular yeah. prediction. I think Chalk um, City. Yeah, Chalk City. Yeah, what's me going Chalk City? You think I would have picked something crazy like Giants, uh, Giants Browns Jets. or something? Giants Jets. Yeah, Come on, Giants. Jake. Subway Super Bowl. Oh, the Bowl. toilet bowl. Subway <laughs> Super Bowl. Jake turns 30 and the Jets play the Giants in the Super Bowl. I I, I don't want that because I am one of those people that also does. I root for the Giants to do well, so I'd rather them not play each other. Uh, but that has zero chance of happening. I do think the Giants, though, if Daniel Jones is the real deal, they could be an interesting team. They got a shot to win that division. Rams Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs win another one. But I'm ex- I'm intrigued to see Matthew Stafford out in Hollywood. Finally, a great supporting cast, a great head coach curious to see what he's going to do so rams chiefs chiefs win and you said the steelers, steelers win over the yeah steelers, steelers over, the over tom brady yeah. but you know in in typical jets fan fashion we know tom brady is going to win another super bowl this year so <laughs> uh, we'll see how that plays out and before we go to bob shoes and cause you wrote a good piece about this last decade and how demoralizing it's been it's been the decade of cause too because you started in 2011 don't remind the, the fans that jake don't remind them the, the fans reminded that cause started this and uh you know one winning season sprinkled in 10 and 6 under todd bowles but otherwise it's been bad and you talked about the next decade and moving forward, moving forward with a new quarterback, Douglas, with a new head coach. Maybe this is a decade of positivity, but good God, was 2011 through 2020 did not treat the Jets very well. No, it was rough, Jake. I wanted to look at it just because I remember 2011, that summer, people were picking the Jets to go to the Super Bowl. That They were a trendy Super Bowl pick. They'd been the AFC Championship game two years in a row. And just kind of how did they fall as far as they've fallen to 2-14 and 14, to being you know, they've had the worst record in the NFL since 2016. They're not The Browns aren't worse. The Lions aren't worse. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL over the last five years. 23 so, and 57. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, there's a lot of reasons, but it's really, Jake, I think the biggest is bad drafting. They've just been terrible in the draft. They just haven't built the team up the way you're supposed to build it. They've missed on first round picks. They've missed on mid round picks. Uh, they missed on quarterbacks, uh, which has been a killer. So it's just been a lot of bad decisions by the organization. You know, it starts at the top with ownership. But I think, I think Woody and Christopher, Jake, you know, I mean, 
I know fans want to criticize them, and obviously they, they deserve some criticism for the way things have gone. They're not the Wilpons where, like, they're not spending money. They're willing to spend money. They just haven't spent it wisely, right? Tremaine Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Muhammad Wilkerson, like, these contracts blew up on them. They weren't the ones saying we need to sign these guys. The, the GM was. So they've listened to bad GMs. They've listened to bad advisors. You know, so maybe they've got it right now with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. They, you know, like, it looks very promising, and I know everyone's excited about them. So, you know, we'll see if they can turn it around now and get this thing going in the right direction. And just progress, compete, you know, show us something, you know, take that next step. No one is expecting the Jets to come anywhere near the playoffs. And if they do, good God, uh, I, I'm going to have to find a wife in the next year because uh, I'm shocked the world. Hot boy summer over, wifed up summer, wifed up fall commence. So shout out Woody and Christopher Johnson. Hope you enjoyed your hot boy summer. I got to meet, I got to meet the Johnsons one day. Johnson and Johnson. Uh, oh, that one is, I think security, that, I think security might keep you away from the Johnson brothers, Jake. <laughs> I don't know. Just, a, just a hunch. You know, they've heard your rants, so, you know, so uh, listen, they, I'm just a passionate fan and, you know, rooting for this team to do well. So, all the rants in the past. Maybe I won't have to rant this year. Maybe I'll I'll talk calmly. Um, but if it's anything like Edwin Diaz's Labor Day, I probably won't talk calmly. So we'll see. I just tell it how it is and and tell the people what they want. But Bob Washusen always tells people what they want, and he's going to join us. But first, we'll tell you this: Mondays, Thursdays, post game shows. We got you covered. I know we've been away for a while, and people want to know the schedule: Sunday games, Monday post game, Thursday preview shows, special guest. We'll have betting. And we'll have gambling fantasy talk with Jeremy Layton of the New York Post as well and special guest segments there. So we got you covered. We'll we'll put out the voicemail number for you to call, for the fans to call in, leave your thoughts, and we'll respond to your voicemails as well. You can tweet us, Jake Brown Radio, Brian Cos. So check us out there. But coming up next, we'll talk with the play-by-play radio voice of the Jets, Bob Wischusen, to preview week one and the Jets season right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us now on Gangs All Here is friend of the program, Jets Radio Voice on ESPN Radio, New York 98.7 FM. Bob was shoesing. You can follow him on Twitter at ESPN Bob. Bob, you have entered the podcasting world, if I'm reading this correctly, hosting the show with Tapeheads with Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli, and you. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, the NFL has, I guess, a, a series of podcasts. They hired us to do this one. It's kind of like the football nerd podcast you know like the guy that really is interested in you know how a quarterback looked at safety off with his eyes or why a certain team played cover three instead of man free and i mean we're just gonna i think kind of get into the weeds of football with dan and and scott as best we can so and i'm a junkie for that kind of stuff too so yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean those guys are just fun to talk football with so we're gonna pick a couple of games each week or at least some big moments that those guys saw on tape that they thought were real difference makers in some of the most important games and talk about them every week and it'll launch Tuesday, the 14th, new episodes, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you'll be doing college football and the Jets. Do you have time to breathe at all during the week? Yeah, it'll get a little busier when hockey and basketball kick in as well. Yeah, I've got five children. Uh, one is in college, and apparently the other four also want to go. <laughs> at least that's what they told me. So, yeah, have check, we'll travel. It's kind of my motto these days. Well, Jake, I, I saw Bob out at training camp a few days this summer checking out the Jets. Bob, what what was your biggest takeaway just from being around the team this summer, and what, how would you kind of describe the feeling that you got from people you talked to in the organization? Because you and I have talked about this a million times, and certainly the last couple of years, like there is a, a very 
obvious, significant talent upgrades that they've had from certainly two years ago to this year and even last year to this year. Now, they're still real thin. If they suffer some big-time injuries at certain spots, the drop-off from, I think, that big infusion of talent to the guys that will come in behind the infusion of talent is going to look a lot like last year and the year before. So they need to stay remarkably healthy. But if they can, I mean, there were times last year where I know you guys were writing, you know, like week five, six of last season. I remember like Braxton Berrios hurt his ankle or something in practice like week five. The articles were like, oh, no, (laughs) Braxton Berrios, he got hurt. I mean, they really need And I remember thinking if Braxton Berrios, God bless Braxton Berrios for finding a career in the NFL, because when you see him getting off the bus, he's not the first guy you would think of as NFL football player. So he's a great story in and of himself. But if he is like your indispensable offensive weapon, you're in big, big trouble. He's knock on the back end of this roster as a return man this year because Corey Davis looks like the real thing. And Elijah Moore looks like the real thing. And I don't know if Denzel Mims is going to find his way, but like Keelan Cole looks like just a, a professional wide receiver. So all of a sudden, the guys that last year you were thinking, oh my God, they can't do without that guy. Now that guy is just trying to make the back end of the roster. So that's a good thing. And that, that's what it's supposed to be. If you have a rookie quarterback, like this is the chance that they never gave Sam Donald, that the organization, I think, completely failed him. He, he never had, you know, those kinds of guys. To, to play with um you know Jamison Crowder was his Jerry Wright and now there were folks thinking Jamison Crowder might get traded uh heading towards the season because you know that they've got depth at that position so you know I think they've done a really good job of at least putting a team together that should be able to go out there and just appear to be like a really competent competitive team how many games are they going to win I don't know but I, I do think that they have upgraded significantly at some spots that there's there's a reason to be optimistic for a Jet fan but they're going to give you at least some entertaining games to watch. Yeah, Braxton Berrios is now their sixth receiver, so it would take a lot of injuries for him to be in that starting conversation. Is that what you're most excited to see with this team, with the rookie quarterback, is all the targets and to see him spread the wealth around the field? Well, yeah, I mean, score some points. I mean, that, that's what the NFL is about. I, I mean, I was certainly raised in an era, you know, you watched the teams back in the 80s, and the first teams that were great teams that you think of were the Bears with their 46 defense and the Giants with LT and Carl Banks and that great defense back in the 80s. Even the Jets with the sack exchange. Like the Dolphins of the 80s with Marino throwing it all over the place to Duper and Clayton. They were kind of an outlier. I mean, it, it was more of a, a league. Could you use it to score enough points? But the great teams are the ones who are going to go out there. They were going to have, you know, even the, the Montana, you know, Jerry Rice, John Taylor Niners still had great defensive players, you know, like Ronnie Lott. So that's, that's changed. I mean, obviously, there are great defensive players. You know, there are the Aaron Donalds of the world that, you know, and, and they make impactful plays. And, you know, I don't, you have to have a defense. But this league has become so much more about offense. I mean, all of the rules are tilted now towards the offense. It's all about trying to find home run hitting offensive players that score points. And the Jets have had none of that I mean, for a long time now. Outside of one kind of outlier year where Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker were great in 2015, when was the last time the Jets had guys that you were sitting there going, boy, anytime that guy touches the ball, it might be a touchdown. And now they've got two or three guys that look like they might be that kind of Elijah Moore looks like he could score a touchdown anytime he touches the ball. And that's fun. You know, so yeah, I'm really excited to see if these guys all stay healthy. And if this quarterback looks as comfortable during the regular season as he did during the, the preseason, that, that maybe they've 
you know, sort of evolved now more in the direction of what the rest of the good teams in the NFL seem to be, which is, you know, the, the offensive numbers can go up like pinball machine numbers, and you're kind of just asking your defense to hang in there. Well, Bob, you know I like to spread the sunshine, so I will go to that defensive side of the ball now. And yes, the Jets have done a great job upgrading their offense. They spent their first four draft picks on offense. They brought, you know, brought in Corey Davis, and, and on defense, it was Carl Lawson, and obviously... Carl Lawson is now out. Are you worried about the defense at all and and what some of these games could look like on that side of the ball? Yeah. I mean, I'm fully expecting two or three weeks in that you'll be writing one of your catastrophe articles that I know you warmed the heart of Jets fans with this week. That was nice. That was nice just heading toward the, you know, kind of Pope Springs Eternal being the theme. And let's just go back and look at the last 10 years and talk about everything that went wrong. That was, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that stroll down memory lane with Kaz. It was always good. I'm always looking to spread sunshine, Bob. I know. Just a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's nice. Uh, yeah, look, you can't fix everything in one year. I mean, Carl Lawson, that's a devastating injury. I mean, there's no, you can't minimize that. He was, you know, the, the only solace you take is I think the rest of the defensive line, especially against the run, is still, even without him, the strength of the team. And Robert Sala last year lost two pass rushers, maybe in Bosa, top five pass rusher, in like back-to-back plays it felt like against the Jets last year. And they still had a really good defense. So hopefully he can kind of coach his way through this. I mean, they don't have anybody that's going to be a one-on-one talent the way that Carl Lawson was. And they did little to nothing to address corner. You know, now maybe they'll find a diamond in the rough. You know, maybe Ethan Pinnock or Brandon Eccles, one of those guys will, you know, all of a sudden, five, six weeks into the season, you'll be sitting there going, wow, they really have something in this guy. But, th- I mean, those guys, Bryce Hall's the gray beard at corner. I mean, come on, like, they're going to struggle. There's no yeah. way around it. So, but I, I kind of chalk that up to where this roster was two years ago and still where it was last year, winning two games last season. It's still a salary cap sport. And there's still only so much you can do. You only have so many draft choices and so many really good players that hit free agency. So you can't fix it all in one season. That was obviously, you know, I, I, I don't think any of us are sitting here and saying to ourselves, 365 days from now, when we're getting ready to watch the Jets enter the 2022 regular season, that this will be the group of cornerbacks they'll have. You know, obviously next year you will see them go out and address that position probably heavily and very much at the top of the draft. So, um, but yeah, you look, it's a, it's, there'll be growing pains. There's no doubt. It's, it's unavoidable. Watching LSU the other night, that Stingley kid, he's going to be at the top of the draft. If the Jets are drafting that high, he, I could see them taking him right, right at the top of the draft because I agree with you, Bob. When you looked at it in January, we went through the list of all the holes on this team. There was going to be something that didn't that, that didn't get addressed. There was going to be something that Joe Douglas couldn't fix, and it ended up being cornerback. You know, I think he addressed a lot of the other areas of need, but not that one. So next year is going to be – they're definitely going to be looking at that position in the offseason. Yeah, and I think if you ask any Jet fan – after what they've watched the last couple of years, um, you know, I'll give you a choice. Would you rather your general manager, if you had to pick between the two, go out there and draft a bunch of corners and des- and a pass rusher and desperately try and win, you know, 13 to 10? Or would you rather enter like the 21st century of NFL football and finally spend some high value draft capital on your offensive line to protect your quarterback? and give him some weapons to throw to. And then maybe if you're going to lose, all right, well, you know, steal some games or lose some games 31-24. But last year, I mean, you know, it felt like when they lost, especially for the first eight or ten weeks of the season, a loss looked more like, you know, 30-6 to 6 
than 31-24. It just, you know, I mean, they, they, they seem so incapable offensively of even making a first down that that just sucks the life out of your defense. I'd rather have some young corners out there that will go through some growing pains and give up some scores and maybe the other team's going to score in the 30s. But every now and then, the other team's going to throw you on. You're going to get a pick. You know, you may tip a ball. You may get, like, but if you know you have an offense that's capable of answering a touchdown, scoring in the 20s, maybe scoring in the 30s occasionally yourself, I think it's so much mentally easier for football players to play on a team like that than it is to try and win, like, a zero margin for error, low-scoring war every week because you're just you're just over and over again trying to fix the defense and patch it together on offense. I just I think it's a bad way to do things in the NFL and I think they finally have gone the other direction. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson's got all the weapons at his disposal. I really hope this offense, you know, does put up those 20 plus points a game. Jets and Giants both both of them had issues with that last year putting up points and you know, I talked about this earlier Bob is that I'm I'm kind of looking forward to Robert Sala and the the exuberance he brings to the sidelines. You know, Mr. Clappy, uh, he's, he's a, a balder, stronger version of uh, Jason Garrett, I guess, clapping on the sidelines, getting this team pumped. Are you looking forward to kind of this new era with a new coach and, and something different with, with this uh, first-year head coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously they have to give him something to clap about. Yeah, Like, they need to score some touchdowns and get some sacks and have a reason for him to be high-fiving guys as they're coming off the field. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you certainly talk to people in the building. There is something to the infectious energy theme. I mean, I, he is a, a relentlessly positive guy, you know. But having said that, and Kaz and I have talked about this before as well, there will be growing pains for the coaching staff as well. I mean, everybody that's in the top, you know, of the food chain of this coaching staff are all doing this for the first time. You know, you've got first-time play callers on both sides of the ball. you got a first-time head coach. They're young. You know, they're going to be learning and growing as they go along, too. So, But, yeah, I, I think that they have found that persona, that rally around the leader type, and a guy that I think is the CEO as well. You know, I mean, this is, I don't think he's going to be someone that when the offense is on the field, it'll be, hey, guys, I'm, the, I'm a defensive coach. You guys go do the best you can. And, Mike McClure, you're kind of the co-head coach. I'll be over here with the defense. Let me know how you make out. I mean, I think he is going to be the, the visible face on the sideline every snap of the game, you know, the headset on the splitter, listening into both conversations, but letting the play callers do their job and being the head coach and managing the game. And I'm sure talking through strategy, and it's the game plan basically set before you go into a game. Yeah, but I, I do think that there are a lot of qualities that they like about, you know, settling on Robert Sala. Yeah, and I feel like the Jets probably haven't had that since Mangini, right, Bob? I mean, I, I'm trying to, like, Rex Rex was defense. Todd did the defense. Adam did the offense. And I feel like all of them were pretty – I mean, Todd – I think Todd tried harder than the other two to kind of toggle between both, but he always ended up kind of drifting back toward the defense um, at times. So so that's going to be interesting. How do you feel about um, this week, Bob? Sunday's game, Panthers, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson – uh, you know, what kind of chance do you give the Jets of going down there to Charlotte and, and giving Salah his first win? Well, I mean, I think the, the Panthers are probably a better team, a slightly better team. Um, road games are hard, opening weekend. You know, there will be people even that root for poor teams that are going to be jumping up and down like crazy just to be back in a building again. So it'll be loud. I mean, there will be a legit atmosphere. I was just in Michigan this past week and you know, even for college football, Michigan's crowd is kind of notorious for, you know, for a noon game. Everybody's tailgating. They kind of wander in. The student section's half-filled at kickoff. But eventually, there's 100,000 people in there. This past weekend, man, the upper 
reaches of the stadium were filled 10 minutes before the game started. When we came on the air, it sounded like the fourth quarter of a tied game. They were going bananas. I think there will be that in every stadium in football, college and pro, just because people are so thirsty to be back in the building again. So the Jets are going to deal with a lot of crowd noise. you got a first-year quarterback making his first start in what's going to be a loud place. There will be you know, communication issues, I'm sure. I mean, all of that they're going to have to deal with. And I still, I've been steadfast in saying this all along that I think Sam Darnold is still going to be a very good player. I completely understand why the Jets did what they did with Zach Wilson, but I think Sam is going to be a good player. And and even all of my buddies that when they saw the schedule come out were like, oh man, like what are they doing to us? Sam Darnold week one, like they have to do that the first game of the season. My immediate reaction was, hey, shut up. You told me for three years you think he's bad. <laughs> Like don't don't tell me now that they're you're they're screwing you by giving them to you week one. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Why would you be upset to go play week one against the quarterback the last three years you told me was no good? You know, of the quarterbacks they're gonna play this season, Sam, according to your your analysis, was at the bottom of the list. So all the Jet fans that didn't think Sam Darnold was nearly as good as Zach Wilson's going to be, why why would you be upset to go play him um in week one? So, you know, but I, I, again, I have a soft spot for Sam. I thought he handled himself remarkably well these past three years. I still think he can do this at a very high level. And I think this is going to be a really hard game. Sam's going to throw a five-yard swing pass to Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey's going to go zing, zing, zing for 35 yards or 40 yards against teams this year. And Sam's going to look at him going, man, where have you been my whole life? I just threw the ball 15 feet in the air and I've got 50 yards passing all of a sudden because you just went and made a play for me. Um so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. I'm looking forward to Sam Darnold. How about them starting versus Sam Darnold in their last two home games are against Trevor Lawrence and Tom Brady? I mean, the scheduling gods uh, really lined this up uh, pretty well for the Jets, and the home opener against, is against Mac Jones and the Patriots. Do you have a win number that you're looking at, Bob? The, I said six, Kaz said five. How many wins do you think this team gets? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a 17-game season. I, I said seven. Um, you know, two years ago they won seven in a 16-game season, and that was with Adam Gates, which who everybody thinks is the reason for like the downfall of all-American football. I'm not putting a win total on it, though. I mean, to me, this is, in, this is about Zach Wilson and the eye test this year. If Zach Wilson and the rest of this team, like I said before, even if they're losing, if they're losing 31-27, and they've got the ball in some fourth quarters with a chance, then they come up short. Okay, I mean, then at least you'll be able to say as a Jet fan, that was an entertaining game. The arrows pointing up. Our quarterback's putting points on the board. We've got young players that I can see at some point being the core of a team that's going to get good once we get more young players and maybe some free agents to supplement. So, yeah, I mean, to me, like, if they win seven this year, are they some kind of a success? But if they only win five, they're a colossal failure. I, you know, I mean, I'm, as the person that calls every snap of these games, and because I know you as, as someone who watches every single snap that they take, you know, how many games last year was it the fourth quarter, even the third quarter, where you're looking at a team going, they're, they're just dead. They're dead walking. They, they have no chance to win this game. They're non-competitive. And if this year, at the end of 17 games, hopefully you're not saying that at all. Remember there'll be two or three games you get blown out. I get it. That happens. At the end. Even good teams get blown out once in a while in the NFL. But just in, in the majority of the games, even the ones you might not win, look like a competent, competitive, like well-coached football team that can score some points and give your fans a reason to turn on the TV or listen to the radio on Sunday afternoon and say, all right, 
um, I've got a competitive football team here. I've got a team where the arrow is pointing up. And I think we're going to know that if we see it, regardless of how many wins they, you know, they, they accumulate during the year. A measuring stick I would give. Can we not talk about the draft until like Thanksgiving? Can I get to Thanksgiving before I get the call from the editor? Hey, can you write the guys the Jets could target in next year's draft? Can we get there? I think that's a good measuring stick. You're right. We, I don't want to hear about the draft until like <laughs> week fair. 17. Give me maybe week 18. I forgot there's an 18th week yeah. uh, this year. Don't even talk about it. Uh, you know, Al, move over Al Davis. Bob Wachusen just said, just compete, baby. <laughs> that's the Jets motto for, for the 2021 season. Bob, uh, what's what's the deal, by the way, for road games? Will you be on the road this year? We're not on the road for at least the first half of the season, and then we're going to reevaluate. So we're not. I mean, the, the, with where the COVID numbers were going, some of the places that we're going to be going to, and also the NFL has shrunken down the number of people that are allowed on their charters. So they want as I mean, now maybe that's still a reflection of the fact that they just can't get all of these players to be vaccinated. And, you know, you get a couple of guys that all of a sudden get it, and then maybe they spread it to a few guys that are vaccinated, and all of a sudden you got six or eight people in the organization on game day that test positive or something, and now you're in that nightmare scenario where you're worried about canceling a game. So I think they're just keeping every paranoid precaution in place, and they're not letting us on their plane. And so because we're not going to be on their plane, there's a lot of hoops to jump through of traveling commercial. They're going to London for one of these games. I mean, we're, we're going to hopefully get past the bye week and maybe things will be going in a better direction. Maybe the NFL will expand the number of people that are allowed on their plane and we'll go. But uh, as things stand right now, we're going to do what we did last year. Oh, the monitor life. One more year of watching games on monitors. Uh, yeah, and, it's fun. And no, it's not the finest. Have you been to any, I, guess, I shouldn't say post-COVID, but have you been to any fish concerts since concerts have started back? Atlantic City. On the beach for two nights, two of those three nights I was there. Of course, someone in the uh, NFL scheduling world had to screw me by sticking Jets Giants right in the middle of the three-night run. But I went back and forth. My wife was a trooper. She went to all three. It's an endurance test for us. What does that bring uh, your grand total to a fish contest? Is it like 400? I have no idea. I know, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, a lot. Not as many as her. Certainly not as many as our friends that like went to Alabama and Arkansas to start off the year and just finished the Dick's, Sport, uh, Dick's Park or whatever out in Colorado. <laughs> So I've got some friends that like schedule their entire vacation world around going to see them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to be in Atlantic city, at least for a couple of nights. I can't judge. I, I base my life around the Mets home schedule and going to city field. So, uh, I, I, am with you there, Bob was you can follow him on Twitter at ESPN, Bob, New York jets, play by play broadcaster, 98, seven ESPN radio, New York, catch him there. Tape heads is the podcast. It's Bob was and Scott Pioli. Dan Orlovsky starting on the 14th, and it'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Bob, we'll talk to you uh, throughout the season. Thanks for coming on. Gang's all here. All right, guys. That'll say adios to episode 68, the Kevin Mawai edition, the legend of Gang's All Here at Jets Podcast in the New York Post. Subscribe to Gang's All Here on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review there. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcast. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We return to your eardrums on Monday right after the season opener. Jets Panthers down in Charlotte. Enjoy the first game of the season, Jets fans, and thanks for listening to Gang's All Here.